Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast by us, the Penny Bloom Podcast. Today, we've got Season 6, Episode 5, titled The Door. It was mm. written by D&D, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, directed by Jack Bender. I'm Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? It is always a pleasure to be here. But today oh, it is it is always a hey, pleasure to have I you. guess a little bit different of a you know we we we've lost some people in the show before uh but we knew one was coming back Ooh. um and and I don't know it, this one just this one is just a little I don't know what it is it's kind there's of a, a, there's a fucking tragedy to this that is just like ooh oh, this I one's did, rough I was yeah. sobbing last okay. night watching this okay. um i didn't expect like, to. I, I was coming into it not actually expecting to whatsoever i uh, wasn't either i was like well i know hodor dies this rewatch if anything has reminded me just how little of a part hodor has been like he's always been there whenever brands around but i mean he says hodor you know like that's that's all he does he's it. always around he's always down to ride um it, it yeah. just it was it was real fucking sad um but well, man guess, this is uh um, this yeah, was a good episode know. even beyond that um mm, very much so yeah every location was was very very i don't know uh it kept kept me the whole time that it always happens with thrones episodes you know we watch like a a penultimate ep, uh episode mm. and we're ready for you remember one the thing. event yeah, yeah. but then, and then you realize you're like oh wait the other 30 minutes of the show or even sometimes 40 you know usually yeah. the the last thing i'd say the whole the, i guess north of the wall was probably like only 10 minutes, 10 minutes. maybe yeah. maybe yeah um so but no this 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 was a, a goodie everywhere we checked in uh it was very yeah. very cool um no, i, I was like, yeah we, we talked last episode about like how hodor should probably just get the honorary character not here uh just just because i mean he did make the sacrifice play, so it automatically puts him up there. But like, I, even while watching, I was like, "Man, they're they're like, actually, are some contenders that like could you could hear out uh, mm-hmm. for the episode. no, for sure. It's a goodie. It's it's a real good one. But uh, if you want, we can go ahead and get it started at the wall, Let's wherein Sansa Stark receives a message bearing the sigil of House Baelish, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Uh, uh where's?" No, no big deal. No, no particular reason I'm asking. Uh, where's Molestown? Um, yeah. and then we are immediately in Molestown thereafter, where she is accompanied by Brienne and furiously confronts Peter Baelish. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, did you know what Ramsey Bolton was? And oh, he's yeah. like, uh, hey, I didn't, you know, I, I, and she's like, well, you either knew and you're my enemy or you didn't know and you're a fucking idiot. So, yeah. Dude, Sophie Turner, she turned on the Jets. 
Uh, Character-wise yeah. and performance-wise, I feel Dude. like this episode, I, I gave her the, the performance nod uh, myself. That. And yeah, her scenes, her scenes rocked. Um, especially with, you know, er, this early on, just her and, her and Littlefinger was great, but even, uh, the rest of, of the wall stuff I thought was, oh yeah, she was, uh, she was the one that gave me trouble character wise. Mm. I was like, if there's a, there's a contender who is, who's taking down Hodor, I did end up going Hodor for the, it's the last time we ever get the chance. It's the only time you ever get the chance really. Um, but one, he hasn't gotten one. Yeah, if there was going to be if there was going to be anyone else for me it was going to be Sansa and it was this this interaction she is and mm-hmm. further interactions like she is taking what she's learned and mm. really applying it and doing it oh, well yeah. um yeah I, and i don't know if it if this was you know she escaped winterfell she realizes that like even when someone seems they really want to help her like littlefinger uh, it still ends up pretty, you know, pretty shitty. So I think this was like her, uh, fully realizing that like she is a Stark herself, and people will follow her. She doesn't really need anyone else to do all of these things. Um, I don't know. Even uh, I guess I don't. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about um not disclosing that she met with Littlefinger at all. You know. Um, it is, it is the one catch, like, catch up that I have. And, and maybe to John alone, she would be comfortable enough talking. Yeah. But they've never had a good relationship anyways, you know, like they No, both. there's, there's definitely a little bit of her that I think at this point, she's already thinking that maybe she wants to be queen of the North. Ah, and John's more of a threat. And John and John is like she recognizes that John's not going to do anything to actively hurt her mm-hmm. and take him take her down or anything. But I think she knows that if she can play cards close to the best, if she can be held responsible for victory, mm-hmm. if she can be the one who people look at and go, yeah. she's the reason we're here. She has a better Ooh. chance of being elevated to that spot without asking yeah. for it. You know, Maybe a little. uh I know I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but maybe a a little the- thematic lineup could be the Kingsmoot we had at the Iron Islands, uh, having someone who's like clearly just like right for the throne, has mm. to lead. You know, it's never been done before, but it it's just purely obvious. And then you have the your I'm I'm not comparing Jon Snow to Euron, but sort of the same family dynamic ish is going on mm. there. We have like a an actual heir. You know, child of the king. Yeah, John isn't, but um, I don't know. And then, and then, just someone coming in and and just taking it right under under him. And and maybe Sansa's a little worried about that, like just knowing that if John just exists, people will follow him. You know, it's like mm-hmm. not not bad for her. But and I don't think that's the thing is that I don't think she's worried about that. And I don't think it's actively like she wants to prevent that. You know, I think she's doing anything she can to hedge her bets. And mm. not necessarily tear them down. What she does here doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't. You know, like, it's something that she can... Okay, that's true. ...utilize to her advantage at mm. a later date and actively yeah. help... Because, I mean, she's the reason that the Battle of the Bastards is won, if you recall. Because um, I was going to ask, because I didn't remember what happens with the Blackfish and everything. I remember this meeting, but I, I sort of remember, like, a drawbridge... 
or something and like them just not even letting them inside or something like that. Yeah, um, no, uh, the blackfish refuses. That's something he does not, he does not come to ride. Um, in does Littlefinger was this an actual just good advice tip from Littlefinger or did Littlefinger know Blackfish would turn this down and send them on a, a useless mission so that they wouldn't get the actual I don't know I like don't th- I think this this is a good faith no brainer I think Sansa even if Baelish hadn't said it mm. Sansa would have done this like it feels like that should be the person and that should be the army that we have at our side. It was my mother's house. Mm-hmm. It only yeah. makes sense that they come to ride for us. Of course they will. And I believe uh, we'll get there within the next episode or two, but I believe Blackfish's reasoning is that Brienne is the one who approaches him. And he's like, I don't fucking know you. My my sister uh-huh. isn't in the North anymore. Mm-hmm. That's this right. is my home and the other the other part of that is that they're holding it against the Lannisters at that time. Mm. The Lannisters oh. are are setting up siege on on River Run, so they don't want to give up River Run to go help the north. They want to hold their home. So like it's just a it's just Jeez. a bad timing thing all around. Like I think the Lannisters <laughs> that's Sansa's whole story is bad timing. I mean like oh, yeah. everything. It's like Oh, finally, I'll meet my brother at the wall. He's dead right now. You don't know that. I mean, we'll get there and he'll be alive again. But Mm. it's like, it's always the worst timing with Sansa, it seems like. Um, But okay, I didn't, I I didn't remember exactly what happened with the blackfish there. But that, that helps. Um, Yeah, no, there's this weird shit that they do in the last couple seasons here that I'm not a huge fan of. And I blame D&D wholeheartedly for where they seem like they, they try to pit the siblings against each other of the Stark family. Mm. I don't know if you remember the season, the storyline in season seven, where it seems like Arya and Sansa are at each other's throats the entire fucking time. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't remember that. Oh, it's bad. It doesn't, it's, it's bad. It's a hmm. actively bad storyline and we will get there. But like Littlefinger, whenever she's like, I already have an army. I don't need that. It's Jon Snow's army, the wildlings, and Ailish goes, half-brother, and walks away. It's mm. like, what the fuck do you mean by that? I think just, uh, to Sansa, it doesn't really mean much, but it is something in the back burner that, like, if ever it comes to it, mm. you have a more legitimate claim right. than Jon. Maybe it's just a reminder that, like, yes, yeah. you grew up with him. He seems like your brother, but, you know, with with all the... Yeah, items, she's probably, like, because Brienne also brings it up later about how she doesn't know if she can she can trust everybody around her, and mm-hmm. I think Baelish is probably just trying to sow more discord and trying to be, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. like, his ultimate goal still is to be the fucking guy, you mm-hmm. know? Like, he, he still yeah. wants to be... I There was a time when he was trying to make a ploy for Warden of the North... So maybe there's still something there that he wants to get after, you know, like there's, there's all sorts of shit, but, uh, mm. all the while at Castle Black, a war council has been called and is attended by Sansa, Brienne, Podrick, John, Davos, Melisandra, Tormund, and Dolores Ed. Yeah. Um, quite the ragtag group of rebels here, but, uh, hey, they discuss the need for, oh, go ahead. 
I was just going to say it works. Uh, I love it. I love the squad. I love all the looks that Tormund just gives Brienne the whole time. Like, he's just, like, smiling, like, oh, my God. Oh, wants her bad. Unbelievably. He's always the cool guy, too. You know, I fought a bear. Yeah, no, he is simping. This is the most he has ever simped ever. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's he's unabashedly, unashamed. I'm going to simp over this woman. But, uh, you know, they discussed the need for more men to defend Castle Black since the Karstarks and Umbers, two major houses in the north, have already declared for Ramsay. And John points out that they can summon the rest of the minor houses, such as the Mormonts, Glitters, Kerwins, and Masons, to rival their enemies. All of them added up together ends up amounting to roughly the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sansa states that the North remembers. The people of the North are still loyal to the Starks and will risk everything for the name Stark. Um, and I loved Davos being like, they might, but not for the a car Starks are yeah. literally your like literally blood mm-hmm. at a distant in a distant manner, but they are literally blood, and they've declared for that. Like you can't count on anybody, you know. Shit's changed, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. you know she reveals that Brendan's uh, her uncle, Black the Blackfish's successful retaking of River Run. And though she claims she learned via one of R- Ramsey's ravens in order to stop John from pursuing Littlefinger, mm-hmm. um, oh, that's another aspect of it I hadn't considered. Yeah. Is that Littlefinger is John's go after him? Hunter. Yeah, Littlefinger's responsible in some part for her for their dad's death. Yeah, um, yeah, John would. I mean, John's really not the same. I don't like. He's kind of a little bit different. Like coming back, like, and they they mention it like. I think uh, I forgot who says it, but like, yeah, he's been a little broody lately. But it's like, you yeah, know, Brienne, understandably though, she's like, I mean, a bit brutish. Yeah, brutish. That's what it was. Um, but she's like, I mean, understandable though. But given the circumstance, you know, like she says yeah. something like that, and it's like, yeah, I feel but, like uh, like John's just done. He's done with bullshit. He's just like, I go, like I'm, I do what I have to, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sansa subsequently tasks Brienne and Podrick was securing Blackfish's help with the rest of them, uh, while the rest of them leave Castle Black to start building their army. And before mm-hmm. leaving Castle Black, Sansa presents Jon with a new cloak like their father's, carrying the Stark sigil. I like the wolf uh, bit there. Uh, when he's uh, talking about her dress. Yeah. Um, dude, this part made me tear up. Because, uh, like, even on site, before she said, I tried to make it look like That's like Dad's, I was like, I was like, that looks just like Ned's, uh, yeah. and so, bro, yeah. it fucked me up so bad. And oh, putting them on, they're riding out, you know, with the horses, oh. and like it's, I love that look of like the the big ass cape covering mm-hmm. the horse too, and yeah. them, you know, it's just it looks so sick. It does. Um, like cars just aren't the same, you know. A horse just that's that's fucking hard. Like I don't know, that's just. That you have a car that actually has a mind of its own. Like we're just beginning right. to have like cars with AI and shit like that. But horses, they legit have a brain. You don't need to actually steer, really. You know, they just do it. Um, mm-hmm. I've always really wondered how you actually steer a horse. You know, like how much control do you truly have over a horse? You know, it's uh, it just. It... A, a, a certain degree, you know, like I think there's sort of, there's sort of like a relationship you form with the horse if you're going to okay. ride it and stuff, you know, like okay. it's a. That's probably uh, more true. Yeah, it's 
Danny's always always has her horse, or it's just a white one. I don't know if it is the mm-hmm. same horse, but I guess it, that makes sense. No, her horse was the one that was sacrificed in the. Oh, and okay. Does she eat that horse's heart? No, uh, that's the one she that, sacrificed that to sacrifice? save Drogo's life. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, blood. The man. one that gets its throat slashed in the tent. Oh, and the horrible um, noise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, now, yeah. yeah. Now I remember. Okay. But, that was a rough one. That was a rough one. No way. That wasn't the one. That horse just dies, I think, at the beginning of season two. Like, when they're traveling through the the sands of the desert and just drops dead. Yeah. Um, And it's like the last thing she has to remember Drogo by. So it's like a big memory. So sorry to misspeak like that. But we've watched a lot of this show over a long course of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was like almost a year ago now. So that's um, great. That is crazy. Um, yeah. Sorry for the so, weird. Ten months ago, before. yeah, eleven months ago. But regardless, uh, yeah, I loved the. <laughs> they they ride out, and as the gates close, uh, a gentleman walks up to Dolores Ed and goes, "Do you want us to shut the gates, Lord Commander?" I'm not the Lord. Co- yeah, he clears his throat even too. He's like, <clears throat> "Let me let me deepen my voice too." Close the bloody gate. Nah, I, I, I had that for the line. I don't know. I've never been able to give Dolores that a line, really. But this one, it felt it felt kind of nice. I was already, like, tearing up from I the I think that's his second and, line uh, for you. No way. I have given him one. Oh, fuck. That's right. I mean, it was too good. Just seeing yeah. the army of the dead fall over a mountain coming yeah. at him. And he's just, yeah. But no, okay, this, uh, there's, this is a loaded little moment where it's not just like, you know what? Yeah, I will take this. It's almost like fuck it looks like i have to you know like he he looks looks around this is like everybody there's like 15 other dudes there and he's like i'm gonna assume you all already think of me as the lord commander so fuck it that's fine so here we have the official dubbing of the 999th lord commander of the night's watch the lord said there he is yeah what a g what deserved too you know uh i don't especially given the candidates that we have left um is there anyone that even has a character name that stays at castle black right now i think i think ed's it i think we're done i think everyone else is a nameless night's watchman wow yeah and uh do we ever like check back in on him other until like well there's a there's a really great foreshadowing line um that john says where he goes uh don't knock the wall down while i'm gone shit um okay yep Okay, he's there during that. Fuck. Yeah, him and Tormund are there actually. Um, Tormund makes it. They're on. They lit- both. They're literally out. on top of the wall when it comes down, mm-hmm. and they just they somehow pops back. Like they just that was, like, the season, eh. that was the season seven cliffhanger. We were like, are Tormund and Ed just dead? And then, nope, they are not. Um, very funny stuff. Um, wow, G- Game of Thrones quality in season seven and eight. There is an yeah. actual drop off, and the closer we get, the more I fear it deeply. Um, Man, yeah, that is kind of. We- there are just a lot of weird decisions that are made, or like, or convenient. Plot holes that, you know, yeah. there's never. It's never really been something you have in Game of Thrones where it's like, oh well, this will just be a nice little thing we can do. That's just you know, there we go. It's fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Nobody will think anything of it. It's it's convenient. No, like. uh that's something that the show becomes because of a time crunch. But uh, regardless, we'll then head to Bravos, mm. where the Waif continues to drill Arya, mocking her highborn origins. And uh, 
Jock and Hagar explains that the Faceless Men were slaves in Valyria before establishing the free city of Bravos and the House of Black and White. Incredibly important piece of lore that I completely yeah. forgot about. I had no idea uh, about it. I'm like, I'm, he's giving, like, Jorah's like history teacher, you know, mm-hmm. like just giving us everything. And I'm like, where, what, what, I would have loved to know. This is like the exact shit that I need to know, you know, Bro, about, and about of this. Of course, show. of course. It's just like Valyria. Yep, they're from Valyria. It's like, and Everything that's fucking mystical and cool came from Valyria. So, like, Dragon, it's such a great one. way to just be like, we don't even really need to explain what happened here. Yeah, it's, they it's came just, from Valyria. It's like uh, Atlantis, basically. Yeah, uh, and then they founded Bravos. They they just they did that. The the faceless men. Yeah, and I don't know if I really noticed it before, but I noticed it on this episode how deep. The how like Hall of Faces is like how long and de- oh, like it's... far it goes. It's like a supermarket. Like it is just rose. well. Then it's also like how long and how how long do these faces last? How long have they been collecting them? How long have they kept them? Are there hundreds of years old faces? I think in so. There, I think I mean because he was telling Arya, she he, she was like, yeah, the, these are the first faces. At least mm. maybe that column, I don't know. Maybe it's like, I don't know how that works. But like, they were just no one, you know? Like, they, they literally weren't highborn. And even, uh, he brings that up. He's like, yeah, you're like, this, it's never been done before. Someone who's been highborn coming into the Hall of Faces or like joining the Faces Men, it's never been done before. Um, I don't know, kind of a lot of that, it seems. Uh, Sansa. Mm. Becoming a, like the Warden of the North, Wardeness of the North. We got uh, Yara that probably should have got the throne. Um, never mm-hmm. happened before. Arya, never happened before. Um, Danny, even. Uh, 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 Khaleesi uh, leading the Dothraki um, right. for the first time. I love, I love all this new blood, new era. Um, yeah, yeah. Between. No, it's but, great. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's really, really satisfying. But, uh, you know, he, he hands Arya a vial. And Jockin tells her an actress named Lady Crane will be mm. the next to receive the many-faced god's gift. And thus, we are then at the uh, the wretched reenactment, as yeah. I have dubbed it. It is my favorite uh, scene uh, of the episode. Okay, um, I was wondering if it was the reenactment, like this act, literal act, or like the reenactment of Hodor. Like the, but it's uh, not no, really no, no, a reenactment, no. it's like the actual... You know, yeah, so right. I, I didn't. No, I, I I went with this. Um, I think well because like uh, there's just a lot of love going to that at the end of the episode for me. So I was like, I wanted to give it something else, and I forgot this was the same episode as mm. hold uh as hold the door, and I've always loved this. I've always loved this little bit of a storyline where she, you know, she realizes that maybe the faceless men aren't all that because. Why are they killing just this perfectly nice woman? And, you know, in Jock and Justify, he, he explains what they're about and stuff. But, like, uh, regardless, the whole reenactment of the War of the Five Kings, uh, where you have uh, Richard E. Grant, by the way, fantastic actor. Um, you would know him as classic Loki um, in Loki Season 1, Episode 5. Yeah. Uh, glorious purpose! Yes. Uh, okay, he was also he's... in The Rise of Skywalker. 
Um, oh my god! Okay. Yeah, uh, very very well established actor. He's done so much more than that. I just know that the people mm-hmm. who wa- listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. we do Marvel and Star Wars stuff a lot. That is what you'll probably know him from. Um, was the I forget what Thor movie it's in, but you know how they do like a Matt Damon and someone else yes. reenactment of like Asgard. Is that before or after this? Was that Thor: Love and Thunder, or was that like a that was Thor Ragnarok, Ragnarok which would have been a year after this? I I feel like there's some deep inspiration. Like this was this feels very similar to that scene, honestly. Like now oh, that for I, sure. I think about it, um, but no, this this one like. I'm glad you picked the scene because it's like if you don't watch the show and you watch this, it's like not that funny or like you're not in the know of like any of this. You have to like know the history, watch the show to like really get the full. And that's what's crazy is that like this is the perception of what occurred. This is what the War of the Five Kings was. This is who Stark was. According to the legacy they have left behind because of these events. And history being written by the Lannisters. This yeah. is what happened. Um, in, in a crazy thought that hit me is like, this is their media. You know, like, this is mm-hmm. where they get all the information. They know it's a play and they know things are dramatized, but like, they'll go home and be like, I can't believe, um, you know. Ned Stark was such a dumbass. Yeah, or something, you know. Yeah, it's like, that's just what their perception. What's that mean? Yeah. Oh, man. It was. And then well, seeing Arya, like, yeah. she was enjoying it. No, it's it devastating, man. Mm-hmm. She was enjoying the show, and then Ned came out, mm-hmm. and she was like, oh. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot This my, is my what people was... think my dad was. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, and to know him and to know he was not. I mean, like, we, back in season one, there were choices Ned made where you could unquestionably go, they're dumb, but it's because he was naive and and had too much faith in people doing the right thing. It wasn't because he was just an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, and he clearly he didn't make a ploy for the throne. He abided by Robert's wishes. He did everything exactly how he was supposed to do yeah. it. That's and, why when we were watching or when I was watching this, I'm like, wait a minute. Did Ned make a play for the throne? I'm like. At any point, like, am I remembering this wrong? And I'm like, no way. No, yeah. Ned Robert up. tells him that he needs to he needs to be the rightful ruler of the seven kingdoms until his son comes of age. And he did oh, the okay. whole thing where he yeah. didn't write Joffrey. He wrote, you know, his rightful heir comes of age, and Cersei tears up the piece That's of paper right. and Ned declares himself and stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, no, it's uh. So he does make a play for the throne, quote unquote, but it's because Robert told him to. Robert's dying Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's, that is fair enough. It wasn't a, a, like a play like the Lannisters would make where they're actually doing, like plotting and doing, Hmm. you know, uh, doing things in the background. But, uh, no, yeah, this, I don't know, I added a lady, what's her name? Lady Crane. Lady Crane. Added her to the, the good old little kill list we got going on. Mm. Uh, just, uh, she is on the list as of right now. Not, I guess, Arya's, but, uh, just the grander. The um, larger list of kills and, to come. Yeah. And Do you remember how she this... dies? No. Uh, not at all. I was really trying to remember this. The um, way that the Bravo storyline culminates, we are, like, much closer to the end of this storyline than I remember. Um, like, within the next probably two episodes. Uh, wow. maybe three. Um. Holy shit. 
Yeah, this is, I mean, this is one of my favorite just storylines in the entire show is Arya's time in Braavos. But, like, that's the thing is that I loved it because of how mysterious and crime-y it mm. was. But, like, as far as remembering how it ends, yeah, I got, I yeah, really. I'm am. like, maybe, maybe it is all the way to the season finale, but. There is not much more we do there. Like, mm-hmm. this is the inciting event for the conclusion of the Bravo storyline. This see. is why everything ends the way it does. And uh so mm-hmm. this is a really fun turning point for the Bravo storyline. So I, I went ahead and picked it because I also just love the love the scene and this this sort of thing they're doing. It's a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, Ned's portrayed as a buffoon. The actress who plays Sansa, Bianca, has her breasts spared to the audience. And afterwards, mm-hmm. Arya sneaks into the dressing room after the play to observe her target. The actress playing Cersei, who, uh, appears to be a clever, decent woman. Um, her and the gentleman playing Tyrion are, you know, they're having their little back and forth, which is very funny. Uh, uh, God. Uh, yeah. Like, it, I mean, I'm, Nudity doesn't like I'm not a prude or whatever, and like I hate nudity if it's in a show. This was just kind of like, why? What the fuck? Like, wh- what the fuck is this? Like for the play, whatever. It it's but just backstage. Bianca just got her just no, tits out full frontal dick too, dudes. Like yeah. I got two warts on my dick. I'm like, I mean, f- for a joke, we're sh- like, I mean, it is literally center frame. It's the only thing you see is this dude's dick, and I'm just like, yeah. all right, whatever. I mean, we're we're doing it, and then. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I thought I thought that's just incredible. Um, no shows really. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know of many shows where I've gotten just a full frontal, not just zoomed in too. But yeah. uh, no, the, the backstage was was really funny. And like the the Tyrion guy. I don't know. Lady Crane and her just being like, "You got to know my drink of choice if we're gonna get intimate, you know, or whatever." Yeah. And it's like, well, like, we to our children, you know, may they have your talent and your God. your wit or whatever. It's very yeah. cute. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, Arya later shares with Jockin her plan to poison Lady Crane's rum. Uh, no one else in the troop drinks it, and it seems like a good plan. And uh, Arya is like, she seems like a decent woman, you know? She seems like a, a nice lady, and mm-hmm. he's like, uh, what? does death take yeah. the unjust more so than the just? You know, like, it takes us all eventually. Fair um, enough, Jockin. Um I do think you're missing the point of you're taking their life now. Um, yeah, and there's also the fact I'm so curious what it takes uh, for a name or a face to be like okay to be taken. You know, like says the price she has that Bianca won. has commissioned to the kill. Why does Bianca have the right to ask this woman dead, but Arya does not have the right to ask her saved? You know what I'm saying? Hmm. I wonder because, like, they're all about like a a debt, a life for a life, or like mm. it's like if it's your time and your name is listed, you just gotta go. Um. Yeah, I don't feel like it's a money thing. I don't know. I don't. I. I don't. No, feel it's like- it's definitely not a money thing. I wonder if it's like Jock and communes with the higher power or something, the many faced god, and is like, is this the right? Is it sort of like a, you know, you feel the force and it directs you in the right place. Yeah. It feels right. It. It. You know, like I don't know. Um. But and I don't. I. They obviously never go into that because it'd be way too fucking complicated. 
Uh, but I'm just so curious why Bianca has yeah. the ability or why anybody has the ability to go, I wish this person dead. Will you kill them? Maybe if you ask the faceless men, I mean, because they're gaining a face, you know? Right. Like, they will gain Lady. Like, that's what Jockin even says. Like, no matter what, we're going to gain a face. It's either yours or Lady Crane's. Um, yeah. If you don't kill her, we're killing you and we're taking your face. So it's like... Maybe that's just their currency. Like they're like, "Oh, you want this person dead? Cool. I'll I can take their face now." Um, yeah, maybe, maybe so. Maybe that's all it is, or maybe um, they're. I feel like that would make Bravos a horrifying place to live. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it would be like they come in and they're like, "Hey, I need this person gone." Maybe Jockin leaves and is like, "Hey, uh, Mini Face God, what do you think about this?" Because that's right. All they need is a name. So mm. maybe it's just like they they go back to the House of Black and White. They're like, hey, this person. And then the god is like, yes or no. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's, that's probably. I don't know. But regardless, I, I'm cool with it. You know, I love I love the way the storyline ends up going and uh, how it oh, yeah. resonates with Arya in a certain way here. But uh, that concludes the story in Bravos, And we'll head to Vais Dothrak. Mm hmm. Wherein Daenerys is unsure of what to do with Jorah. I've banished you twice, you've returned twice, and you've saved my life twice. What should I do with you? And Jorah's like, you must send me away. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And he reveals his grayscale to her. Um, oh, man. And this uh, I went Amelia Clark. This uh, is good. I went Amelia Clark, no doubt. Uh, yeah. And the reason, you know... He's like, she, she starts to tear up, you know, how long does it take? He doesn't know what happens. He doesn't know. He, he knows what it eventually gets to and he plans on ending it before that. Um, and he, he says, Tyrion was right. I will always love you. Damn. Yeah. And then the uh, fast cut to Dario, I thought was just hilarious. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was like Dario just yes. kind of like looking down like, well, it's it's also this moment where Dario, I think there's like a realized respect for yeah. Jorah in this moment where mm -hmm. he also realizes that there's a different love that Daenerys has for Jorah too. Yeah. And it's something that he won't ever have. It's yes. it's very specific. Dario, it's not Dario, like he, it's not a jealousy, obviously. Yeah. You know, he he has what he wants with Daenerys. He does like there's something much they both want eat what each other has you know mm -hmm. like uh dario wants to be like respected and like looked up to for advice or like i don't like that i feel like that's what the love he wants to be loved yeah daenerys uh, doesn't love him you know yeah, like uh they're just they're just that is just pure uh we fuck yeah right there i mean yeah like uh either of them is the thing i mean that's like i mean they, they they're both just very very good looking people they're both mm -hmm. on top of the world they're they're a great couple you know for the, for the show but but yeah jorah this was no nah, man uh, just i i went amelia clark here because it made me realize this scene how fucking little we watch her get vulnerable mm. um she is always 
always queenly. And if she's not queenly, she's mm-hmm. angry. And that is mm-hmm. typically what we see from her. It hasn't been since Cal Drogo died that I think we've watched this, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, only because even when even when Barristan Selmy died, she maintained the queenly air about her. And because it was in the throne room, they had him there. She was and again, she was angry. It was the sons of the harpy who did this. It's there. Like, so one cry and it's very short. Uh, It's just when she locks up uh, Viserion and. Oh, that's true. Viserion and Rhaegal. That was uh that was definitely one. Um, but it's yeah, very short, just like a cut. She looks back, cries, and then it's gone. It's not like mm-hmm. uh you sit with it and you actually hear her go through her emotions and be like, yeah, no, nah, man. Like this was, yeah. I like, was like, Amelia Clark is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I I absolutely loved it. But he begins to walk away, and you know she says, Jorah, you do not turn your back on your queen. Mm-hmm. You swore that you would do everything I command, and I command you to find a cure. I command you to come back at your side when I to come back to my side when I conquer Westeros. And Jorah then departs while Daenerys and Dario lead the Dothraki horde back mm-hmm. to Marine. She said, "I need you by my side whenever I like take out like go to Westeros. Like need you. That's like maybe that's like uh." the the thing Dario's missing as well. You know, it's just, they're together because they fuck, but, like, whenever the, it's all said and done, is Dario gonna become the king? You know? Like, is yeah. he gonna be ruling by the, by the side with her? Um, I don't know. Uh, it, say she goes there right now. She gets some ships. Say you're on. She goes there in five episodes. Holy fuck. Yeah, I guess that is the, the cliffhanger, huh? Um, her set and sail. Yeah. So, is yeah, it her no, setting sail? Not far away from that. Or her, like, is she arrives next season, right? She arrives next season. She's on the boats at the end of this season. Gotcha. Um, and, yeah, yeah no, she does, Dario is not going to be king. That's not even a fucking option to her. Jorah is also not going to be king. That is also um, not an option like, to her. Like it's yeah. a it's a different thing. But she does see the potentiality of bringing Jorah with her as an advisor, as as a help. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd be a good. What would be his role? What'd be a good role? Either I guess. He. Be, I like I almost guarantee he'd be hand of the queen. You think? Not mm-hmm. Tyrion. That's yeah. He wouldn't be a good master of whispers. Maybe master of war. But yeah, hand just. But that'd kinda, be Grey Worm. True. He is just more of a hand. Yeah. That's fair. Tyrion would be better a better any other master Matt, of war. Yeah. Um. Than than Jorah. So that's fair. Yeah. You, maybe could have been good old hand. What? Because he does like Sam cures him. I remember mm-hmm. that. I don't remember, like, what he does after that at all. Does he go back and he's like, yo, what's up, Daenerys? Like, I'm I'm fucking cured. Or... Does... Can't remember if he goes straight to Dragonstone. Um, I wow, think that's what he... happens. I think that she reunites with Jorah in front of Jon. And Jon's kind of like... Oh. Hmm. I always forget I have that poster. It's not up anymore, though. Yeah, he, he goes he, beyond the wall he, with he's them. He's in that group. I always forget. Yeah. yeah, 
he's in the game. he's in the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. I, I dig that. But yeah, this was. But uh, yeah, that uh, Amelia Clark was a no brainer for me when I saw her performing. The, uh, like I think so far, this episode had the most cries at different mm. storylines. Yes. Um, the ending the John his you know mm-hmm. Ned's you know little thing that this that send was off cool. Hodor. Yeah. It was all emotionally riveting, man. Um, but yeah, then we're heading to Marine, wherein while the rulers are enjoying a tenuous peace, Tyrion reminds them they need to convince the Miranese that everything is done has been done with Daenerys's hand. Like she is the reason they found mm-hmm. uh, security, not just freedom. Yeah. And uh, you know they could use Tyrion and Varys's foreign status against them to reclaim Sil- Slaver's Bay. And to that end, Tyrion invites Kinvara, the high priestess of the Red Temple of Atlantis, to negotiate spreading the word of Daenerys' uh, accomplishments. And to Tyrion's surprise, Kinvara appears to be highly accommodating, already basically down, uh, firmly believes that Daenerys is the prince that was promised. Um, mm-hmm. This is, she is the one that we need to follow, and what she says is is God. Uh, but uh, Varys is a bit more skeptical. Was I wrong? Like, I feel like I heard something that she is like the, like the Pope version of the Red Priestess. It seemed like, like she is the, uh, like yeah, more she is than... the High Priestess. Yeah. Okay. So there's she answers to nobody. Like she is the I don't, Red besides the Lord of Light. But yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. So like Mel- Melisandre would be. She is just a Red Priestess, not the High, not priestess. high priestess. Gotcha. Um, yeah, this is, I, I was talking about how, like, the, the play earlier was, like, their media, but this mm. is, uh, their media and mind control, like, at the, yeah, you know, propaganda. this, like, yeah, yeah, thank you, uh, there is a word for that, um, but yeah, this, it, it was kind of crazy, just being, Tyrion just being like, yeah, well, we need to know, we need to let everyone know that Daenerys is, like, the hero here, how do we do it? Religion, you know, it's, like, easy money, uh, she has three, and even make the, her, the rest, so a deity you know yeah. like literally well, and, and like though... the way and, and it makes the most sense this makes it seem like melisandre is like a massive fucking outlier um yeah when it comes to the red priestesses uh or red priests because of course daenerys would be the one who they would think is the prince who was literally promised. burned, yeah, born, born via the re, like born via fire, reborn, purified by flame. Her dragons are fire made flesh. They say, you know, like it makes so much sense that she would be the prince who was promised. Dude, it's um, literally like real life. We're in, we're in Essos, and this is like the real pope. This is like Europe religion mm-hmm. shit. Melisandre is just like the whatever the America. You know, we fucked up. Christianity, we we just went all over the place with religion. <laughs> so like maybe it's just kind of the same thing. And but Game of Thrones wise, I see um like Melisandre was always in the right spot to get to John. Stannis right, wasn't the right. person who was promised, but she Stannis brought him her her to John. To John. And maybe no, and that's what's interesting is that yeah. like is Melisandre the one who's right? You know, like it has she gone care. out of her way? To avoid yeah. the traditional dogma of uh, okay. the high priestesses. Okay. Um, okay, I was going a different direction. I was thinking 
that the Lord of Light knows that one priestess can't really control everything. They can only control what their area, you know, mm-hmm. where they're around. So she tell the Lord of Light tells Melisandre, yes, the prince who was promised is Jon Snow over in Essos. It's Danny. Well, and it's also bigger. it's yeah. also funny to consider. Uh, did the pro- did the time of prophecy reveal itself to them, or have they been going around for like? decades being like maybe this is the prince who was promised this is their whole shit they just do yeah. this over and over and over again and now they're like well i guess this time it kind of worked uh because i i don't know um, no i mean like i i am curious if there's some sort of like the night king because uh, there's an obvious tie where like the lord of light is the opposition to the night king basically i think mm-hmm. i think yeah. ultimately that's what the prince who was promised is supposed to defeat mm-hmm. is the the army of the dead um yeah. oh yeah so i, I wonder if there was some sort of like awakening that mm-hmm. the red priestesses had at the same time that the white walkers kind of revealed themselves again or yeah. I, I don't know um i do i don't know i guess i've never really I've never really divin, dovin, divin, De- dove, um, dove, d- yeah, dived. That just sounds. I don't even. I don't. I don't know if I've ever used the past tense of dove or divin, whatever I'm supposed to say. But <laughs> this deeply into the the red woman or their their religion and right. stuff like that. But I mean it because I was thinking more of just. They're, they all don't know, like, I don't think it's one universal message. I think it's, like, different for every priestess sort of thing. But the Lord of Light would be the one that would know everything. It's, you know, they're omniscient or whatever, you know, they all, they know what's going to happen anyways, whatever. So, like, they just control their, their priestess and tell them what they need to do to get yeah, John and, and it it is all interpretation. Melisandre has made that clear too. Like there is no directly mm-hmm. speaking to him; they can only interpret it as it comes. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. you know, when it comes to a woman who cannot be burnt by flame and has three dragons, I I don't even think you really need to commune with the Lord of Light to be no. like. <laughs> I uh, think that's that's literally what what Kinvara. Yeah, I Kinvara. think that's literally what she says. She's like. It, it's already going to work. She can't burn. She has three dragons. Uh, it's like this is the, this is going to be the easiest shit I've ever done. And mm. I love how Varys comes up. And uh, I think this is why we got that scene of Varys like kind of destroying that one Sons of the Harpy or whatever that lady was, mm. so that we could get like uh, we. You think he's about what? to do it again? You know, we're like he he's kind of shutting her down a little bit, but then. Kinvara's just like ah, you know. Uh, I forgot like how she she turned it back around on him because Varys was like she was just know. like uh yeah no you remember oh you remember that voice in the flames dude that's right I do you want to know what they said yeah the do you want to know who was, said it or like was it who or a name that they mentioned I I I I I couldn't really read it right she was saying like do you know whose voice it was or do you know the name of which they were speaking. Or something. It was something. Yeah, offer, she offers to repeat the words yeah. he heard in the flames and identify who it was that spoke. Whoa, that was yeah that that was that was really sick. Would have been know, awesome. Was... We never see Kinvara again, which Ooh. blows. Um, I mean, maybe. Hmm. Like what? Whose voice? 
it it has to have been, like it probably would be someone we know. It's not just going to be the Lord of Light, you know. It, it seems that she's saying like you know this person too. Mm-hmm. Like you like if I we don't even know what they say or who it is though. I feel like it might be something related relating to Danny though. Like uh I don't know. Yeah, there is like, my best guess based off of what we know is like and who we know that could do anything like this is fucking Bran. Yeah. It's my best yeah. guess. And I don't Oh. Oh. Ran was the voice, you mean? Yeah, like, that's my best guess based off okay. of, like, capability in my head. I'm like... This felt like more of a blood mat, because it was, it was right when his dick was chopped off, thrown into the flames, and then he heard the voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah, like, that's... That could still be Bran. I mean, he, he doesn't yeah, give a fuck about any religion, I guess. He's just... What really her. blows is this is one of those things that we never get any fucking yeah. follow-up on. We never Man. figure this out. Um... Wow. Yeah, that was I don't know, he he got quiet though. He was like mm-hmm. like I horrified. Conlon Hill did like, a fantastic job. Yeah. Here. Maybe that's like the one secret he has. Um you know, cuz he's the master of of whisper. He hears everything, but but no one knows like what the they, they know he's in Munich. They know he, you know, he got started started from nothing and climbed his way up. But how do we even know? I guess we know now that his dick actually got chopped off by some weird ass blood magic people. Like, that seemed to be true. I remember I, like, was talking before, like, maybe that's not even true. Like, this dude's the master of whispers. How who, how do, who are we to say, you know, what the truth is for his life or not? But this kind of confirms it a little bit. This was oh, real sure. fear. He was really scared. He was mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, how do you fucking And I that? took it to mean that he does not know what was said. He just heard a voice. Hello. Duh, there it is. I think it's, he's like, how can we trust you? How the fuck do you know that Danny's the princess of promise? And she's like, oh, I literally know that your dick was chopped off, thrown in fire, and then words were spoken to you. I can tell you exactly what those words are if you want. So it's it's probably her way of just, like, authenticating. Yeah, herself. just sunning him. Like, yeah, yeah. I know like, what I'm doing, bro. I fucking, I got it. I got it like yeah. that. Um, But okay. Yeah, that- but, uh, yeah, that concludes the story in Marine. And then we're heading to the Iron Islands, whereas the king's moat on Old Wick is held. Uh, Yara Greyjoy is the first to lay claim to the Salt Throne, and Yara argues that raiding the mainland is not enough for their people, and that they need to use military force to teach the mainlanders a lesson. An Ironborn man challenges Yara's candidacy on the grounds that she is a woman. Uh, yeah, we've never had a queen, so no. Um, Everyone and Yara's like, "There's a bunch scary. of shit we've never done before. How about it?" Uh, I, I I thought it was hilarious. Everyone is around there being like, "Yeah, oh, we we have led with you. You are the shit." And then this guy is like, "She's a woman." And it's like, were, were you guys not ooh. all like behind her? Like, yeah, like they were all like, they were all like, "Oh yeah, no, like, that's oh true." God, I forgot, dude, wow, you bringing Damn, that up, Yaro? Just- that's crazy. What what do you have to say about that? Uh, but uh, you know, then the guy stands up and is like, "We're definitely not going to make a woman king." Especially when Balon's rightful heir is returned, and uh, Theon's like, "Yeah, no." Um, so Yara is dope as fuck. Y'all have rode under her for a long time. She is a warrior, a reaver. She is Ironborn. She is your queen. Um, mm. and I again, Alfie Allen, fucking almost got it. Dude is probably yeah. if there was like a way we could list. 
who got second place the most in our yeah. in yeah. our uh, acting or our performance section. He is almost always second. Like I fucking love him in this role. He is a sleeper in the show. I've never paid much attention to him at all. But like every time he's on screen, his performance is just incredible. Like he's mm. the the back and forth he's doing. Like he's saying, "Yeah, I am Theon Greyjoy." You could even tell in him saying that that he was like shaky. He's like, like he's like, "I I am Theon Greyjoy." You know, yeah. he's like nervous to even say that. And then he like he gets a little more comfortable and he starts talking. So he does does good. But he's like crying the whole time. He's like l- eyes are very yeah, no, well. Like he's, mm. There's such a there's such a rawness in him that is because there's this mix of this moment is like him kind of reclaiming his identity and reaffirming his commitment to his family and who he loves and who he is. And it's also just this deep admiration he has for his sister who he hasn't known for that long in a real sense. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? But he's seen what she's capable of and he recognizes that she is the one, you know? Um, Mm hmm. Yeah, this but, uh, kind of, it, it kind of felt like a uh, Rhaenyra getting crowned um, out, you know, it wasn't near an ocean, I don't think, or maybe it was, I was like kind of on a cliff mm-hmm. um, and like crowning Rhaenyra, it kind of felt a little similar, uh, but this one just didn't go the full length, you know, we didn't quite crown Yara, um, right, crown right. someone else. But, yeah, uh, Euron is then enters, he's like, sup, nope, what I'm going to make claim to the salt throne. Yeah, what it, Stop what's up, on? Guys? You're a pussy, and you don't have a dick. Yeah, I heard. Um, Yara, what's up with you? No like, wonder was... you think a woman can be king, dickless. Oh, yeah, that, um, that, was, that was a low blow there. Yeah, um, and then like Yara coming up, being like, "Yeah, oh well, now I." She, she's like, "When did you get here?" And he's like, "Oh, a couple days ago." And she's like, "Oh." Okay. I know what my first act yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm killing you. You killed my father. Fuck you. And then Euron's just like, yeah. Damn right. I did. I threw him off that fucking bridge. He was old as shit. Like, Yara immediately was like, fuck, I played that wrong. You know, like, she was just talking about how they've been disrespected. Nobody has ever shown them any, any ounce of respect. Euron never, or uh, Balon never did anything to gain the respect of the mainlanders, we have to we have yep. to do that. And then nope. Euron walks in and is like, "You're goddamn right, I killed him." And here's why. And she's like, "Fuck," you know. She's like, "Yeah, no, of course they're gonna fucking love that." You know, yeah. like that's uh, yeah. And it, one valid point he did have was that he has been all over the world. Like I feel like that's mm-hmm. like the one thing he actually had that like over Yara. It was like an actual reason why he should lead instead. But yeah, he just really focused on like, no, I just do whatever the fuck I want. I'm crazy. You guys know I'm crazy. Um, and yeah, I mean, this, I, I don't, I don't really like Euron. Really, I don't really pay, I, I guess in previous rewatches, I really didn't like pay attention to the storyline really at all. It didn't Dude. really interest me whenever there's dragons and Jon Snow and Arya going on at the same time, but. At um, least in this season. He's like a newcomer onto the scene. There's potential. He looks like he's going to be a player. He's talking about marrying Daenerys Targaryen, and he's yeah uh, a complete douchebag. You know you're not going to like him. You know, like you know, you know he's not the guy you're going to be like fuck yeah you're on. Yeah. But it's like a new dude in the scene that you know you're yeah. going to fucking hate, and that's exciting. Mm-hmm. But you think you're going to hate him because he's a good character? 
Mm. You end up hating him because he's fucking useless. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he doesn't. The way like this character evolves, like just design wise, the character design evolving to what it is in season eight. I don't know if you remember this, what he's doing now. I wish they stuck with this vibe. They end up going for like a big time leather Captain Hook weird sort of shit going oh. on. Oh, yeah, he does look like that. What the fuck? Goth yeah. pirate shit. I'm like, what are you cooking? The costume's fine. You know, like, the costume in and of itself is fine. That is just not what the Iron Islanders rock. And it's not what Euron's doing at all right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just completely different than what they what they start him as. So, again, yeah. we are getting to that point in the show where we are already, like, Season six, episode five. I feel like I have brought up multiple times already how we are Fuck. beginning an evolution towards when shit goes bad. And it's like the third time I've said it this episode. Literally, the further and further they get removed from the written content that's already there, it's just like, it's just oh. falling apart, you know? And like, Euron could be fine. Like, Euron could have been fine. And this is like season six, Euron is the best Euron. You know, yeah, um, yeah. the Iron Islands, they weren't a, a factor in the War of Five Kings at all. This at least mm -hmm. seems that there there would be something there, you know, like oh, the Iron season Islands seven, there's there's a little bit of the, there's a little bit of something there, if I recall. But uh, regardless, um, Theon, you know, he counters Euron's been gallivanting around the world and Yara's like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build the gr the biggest fleet the Iron Island in the world has ever seen. Um, and Euron's like, okay, cool. Yeah, I plan to do that too. But then I'm going to ride right across the narrow sea and I'm going to deliver that, that fleet to Daenerys Targaryen. And therein, gonna love an Iron the Islander world. will be the king of the seven kingdoms mm -hmm. with my big I, cock. Um, not going to lie. Fantastic plan. Good plan. Actual good plan, just at the fact that it's Euron, you know, is like yeah, no, like the way he's the way he's delivering it, horrendous. But uh, the plan itself is a like airtight. This sealed the fucking deal, you know. Like Yara heard this, she goes, "You plan on marrying the Dragon Queen?" And it's kind of like a fuck. That's a that's a good idea. Oh, God damn um, it! Yeah, it's like you're running for school president, and you. You don't know why you're doing it in the first place. And they're like, oh, so what are you going to do if you're a school president? You're like, I don't know. I'll make things better. I'll do this, whatever. And then the, another person running, they just actually have a something that they're going yeah. to do. And it's just like, oh, well, fuck. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, that's like, uh, that's a lot more than I can do right now. Um, I guess nah, Yara. I wish, I, shit. Frankly, I wish Yara would have brought the biggest fleet of, of all time over to Daenerys and then married her. I think that would have been cool. I feel um, like Danny could be into into Yara. Danny uh, is absolutely into chicks, and we have not gotten enough of that. Um, but there is a scene, probably before the end of the season, uh, when Theon and Yara go before Daenerys. Oh, and there is a fucking tension there, buddy. Um, interesting. Um, yeah, no, like, like it's it's okay. fucking real. And obviously, we got. Season one episode, whatever the fuck, whenever her and her mm -hmm. servant get down. Um, That's true. That is true. Forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yara, that, damn, that would be a. That'd, that'd be, be a dope. I mean, like, they were never going to do that, but goddamn, I wish they had the balls to, you know? If you were going to go that far off the fucking rails, why not? You know? Um, 
Oh, yeah. And then I guess we would have never gotten, like, I don't know how that fits in with, like, her and John and all that stuff, because, like, I, that part is cool of the show. It's that part weird. is also very cool, you know? Like, you, that yeah. is what you're building towards. There's, like, for seasons, mm-hmm. you're going, when are John and Daenerys going to meet? You know, like, that is the point of this Look, show. Isn't that crazy? Um, they, they get you to want them to meet the whole time. You're you're honestly like, all right, when are they gonna fuck? They're so hot. They're so good for each other. They're they're literally the best characters in the show. When are they gonna get like, together? Aunt and uncle. One of yeah. them's evil. One of them hates the other person for being her aunt. You know, like uh, uh damn. It's a, that's it's after a, they fuck as yeah. well. Um, beautiful. He can yeah. never feel comfortable with that again. Um, Mm-mm. no, no, yeah. but. uh Yara, you don't have any of those problems. It's just, yeah, we're 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 both hot. We we both rule. So let's do this thing. Um, but uh, yeah. Anywho, Euron is like, that's my plan, and the Ironborn are like, that's our king. Let's do this shit. And uh, the drowned men priest, uh, Aaron Greyjoy, the other brother of Euron and Balon, who has just removed himself entirely. By the way. Um, like I'm way too old for this shit. Like no, I'm way too old, and also I've committed myself to being a priest, so I'm good. Um, You know, leads Euron down to the sea to be drowned and reborn, as is the custom. I think it's hilarious that if they just drown and don't wake up, they're like, "Oops, um, guess we need another king." Well, that's the other thing is that like if they drown and they don't wake up, they die. They're not worthy. They aren't supposed to be king. You know, like that's the. I guess I get it, but like brutal custom. Brutal custom. Uh, what sets someone apart from being able to come to dra- to not drown better than another person? You know, I guess maybe well, if you've done it before. Or that's like the other thing is that there is a certain it's it's this piousness in the in the drowned god. You know, they don't do shit to revive this man. They let him drown uh, and then they lay him down. And if it is the drowned god's will, he will spit up all that water and live. That's true, you know, and like, and their like their religion part. It's kind of hard. They're like, yeah, what what is dead may never die. You know, you die, you become indestructible. But you know, whatever. It's like it is kind of sick. You know, no, yeah, like they're brutal as fuck, but like, I mean, it's what still a, what a wild, wild culture. Mm-hmm. What a faith. Yeah, just. Drown. I lo- he's just sick. He knows it's coming too. Like, he's like, well, mm-hmm. if I'm going to become king, I got to drown here. Well, yeah. and I love that he never even, like, Yara and Theon, like, dip. They're like, well, we are going to fucking die. Yeah. Yeah. We like, are out of here. And then Yaron <laughs> wakes up and he's like, wait, where are my niece and nephew? You know, he's like, we got to kill them. That's, he didn't I think, think to, like, imprison them no. before that. Nope. Fucking idiot. Nope. Yeah. No, not at all. Because, like, he's not the king yet. You know, he's the king after he wakes up. Um, oh, That's you mean true. just like imprison him first and then kill him if you want to? Or yeah. you mean like before he goes to drown? Yeah, imprison them because he's been uh-huh. declared king. And then if he doesn't wake up, no harm, no foul. They just get released. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was hilarious. that They're just like, all right, yeah, we're taking every ship we got. See you later. Like, we and, we're, I, I and mean, that's why I think. I think they just go to Essos. I'm pretty sure they just go to Marine. And wow. that's hmm. that's where we see that scene with them standing before Daenerys. Um Okay. Because yeah, I'm love- pretty sure it's their ships. 
that Daenerys comes over on? That Daenerys takes over. Um, that would make sense. There are no boats in Marine at all. They all got burned down. Mm-hmm. Um, or is that Valen- – I don't know. I think that's Marine. That that's talking. Marine. Yeah, you're right. So they – yeah, I guess the ships wouldn't come from, from anywhere else. Um, yeah, no. It tracks, but uh, – okay. okay. That concludes the story in the Iron Islands. Um, oh. And we head to our last location beyond the Wall. Mm-hmm. Wherein the three-eyed raven is showing Bran a vision of a heart tree amid spirals of standing stones in a lush green valley. Uh, and his vision shows Leaf and other children of the forest take, talking amongst themselves, then looking eagerly at the captive bound to the tree. Leaf approaches and forces a dragon glass dagger into the captive's heart. The, s- the captive screams, but does not die, instead becoming what I believe we can assume is the Night King. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems seems like it. This is the first creation. This is a weapon of war mm-hmm. that they're making. You know, this is kind of like their Manhattan Project right. of sorts. And the secret, you know, it, like I love how the uh, does she have an, the children of the forest that's standing there right in front? Yeah, Leaf. I love how Leaf is like just like she knows what Brand is seeing right now, kind of, and she knows she's that like, Brand's going to be like, oh, you like going to be pissed. So. She's like. I know, I know what you saw, I understand, we were at yeah. war, we need to no this, uh, <laughs> this episode, I think something kind of became clear to me. Um, okay. You know, there was all the fucking, what do the spirals mean? What's the spiral, man? Do the White Walkers have like a society they go back to, or what's the deal, man? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, they mm-hmm. don't. Their base of operations is that fucking tree. That is where they hang out. Yeah. That is where they set up camp. Spiral is not from the White Walkers. It is from the children of the forest. That those Mm. stones were already there in that spiral before the white before the Night King was even created. And the Night Um. King adapted it as their fucking logo. It's just their symbol. It's just we've been here. You know, like, uh, that's all that shit is. And that's fucking hysterical. Um. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe that's how a white is created. Like, there has to be a spiral. It's part of their... One of the godswoods, you know, or is it... I always get the trees, the name. Yeah, it's uh, It's a... It is a... A heart tree. Heart tree. Okay. Yeah, sitting at a heart tree, get the spiral going, shove the dragon glass right in. I mean, I'm assuming the children of the forest have some magic going on as well there. That it like mm. not just a random group some of people. Some sort of ritualistic <laughs> formation, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like we've watched, like we've seen now, the Night King just turn a fucking baby into a White Walker too. That's true. With his finger fucking, just straight yeah, up. Yeah, I guess they don't um, need any ritual. It's just give me babies. So give me baby. I need okay. the baby. Okay, um, fair, fair. Um, yeah, what a, it is weird. And you know, a lot of the stuff's not ever figured out or anything. It's like, I think it's just cool that the thing to kill them is like what created them in the first place to like just a shard of dragon glass just shoved in your chest. And that's what, right. It was just dragon glass. There was nothing else. Like it was like, maybe not like a shard of the tree or some shit. It's just a, I'm pretty sure it's just dragon glass that gets shoved into his chest. Okay. That's it. And that's that's all it takes. Uh Night King born. Um Yeah, can you just do this to any fucking human at any fucking time and they become a White Walker? 
Oh. I I would assume the children of the forest need to be there. Yeah. But like, like I don't some think sort like of magic they have that I don't does think this. like a like uh just some like Bran, I, well, maybe Bran, who knows what Bran's capable of, but like say just John and and Sansa are trying to make a night. I don't think it works for them. I don't know. I feel like it's a children of the forest yeah. type. Thing. No, you're probably right. But but uh, yeah, Bran, you know, confronts Leaf immediately. He's like, "You did this shit. What the fuck?" And Leaf's like, "Yo, we were at war with you, motherfucker. First off, um, and we were desperate. You know, we had to do something. We made a mistake. That's that. And also very important is that this tree is in no way." covered in snow it is green it is beautiful that is what the north used to be yeah before winter came i guess you know well and then that's what we see at the end of the show when john watches north the the grass is beginning to grow and stuff is beginning to come back and it's like Uh, oh okay uh, it's i believe uh, you remember the chain reaction i asked you whenever we did the blah 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 I think I believe I think we've done we it. Did. I believe, yeah, there it is. Um, I think I believe I think we kind of the same beat here. Um, Night King kind of can mm. mirror a nuclear bomb, um, even worse than a nuclear bomb. Honestly, Probably. because you kill the people, then you gain those people as well. But with a right. nuclear bomb, those people are just They're gone, just dead. Um, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Later, Bran is the only one in the cave awake and is like, maybe I go back to that weirwood tree. Uh, or go back into the weirwood tree, I should say. Yeah. And Bran wargs into the tree by himself and sees the army of the dead. He slowly walks through the army until he comes to a space occupied by four White Walkers, including the Night King. As Bran becomes aware that the Night King and the dead are now able to see him, what a fantastically scary scene. Um. Oh, that's, it's, I think I, I chose the part to where he like he shows up to the tree like he mm-hmm. he's actually there in real life now not in brand's uh yes brand's kind of mission or vision but i loved everything like i didn't know like how much of us how much of this could be considered a scene but uh i feel like the what whenever the fuck he is this now what i i how what is the night how does the night king do this what is this Okay. It blows my fucking I, mind. I had some thoughts uh, whenever this was going on, and one question I wanted to ask, this tree where the Night King was created, it was green and lush and spiral, whatever, mm-hmm. is this the same tree in yes. which the third raven is below? Oh, no. Um, different tree. Different tree. So, okay. The one that Bran shows up at, where they are all standing, that's the tree he was turned into a White Walker at. Okay. 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 The stones means- are still there. Yes. The yes, tree's yes. still there. Yes. Yes. I feel like, uh, legitimately, like these trees, their roots just fucking Connect. go everywhere, yeah. and like that's how the three-eyed raven knows everything. Mm. Is you know he's literally a part of the tree, sort of thing. The night king was created right by one of these trees. His home base of operations is one of the trees. Um. Oh. Yeah, maybe he has the same access that the uh, the three eyed raven has, sort of. You know, the children of of the forest and the three eyed raven are just chill. But like, how did their relationship start? You know, did they create the three eyed raven as well? Did they? 
just stumble upon him, you know, sort of thing. Like, I wonder how their relationship started. Yeah, I don't know. But at least the Night King himself, like, uh, it's clear that they had some magical barrier uh, protecting, you know, him being able to see them. Mm. Um, I'm assuming he is just a warg himself, and he uses his army to see shit. And that's why he can't see anything south of the wall. Um, that makes sense. And so he he knows everything that's happening north of the wall, um, just because he can warg and shit. But I feel like there's there's something else because he sees Bran. Yeah. Like he see, he, he touches. Looked, yeah. Bran. He he notices Bran right away, and then everyone else notices him. So it's like mm-hmm. he's the hive mind, you know. Like I guess for some reason the whites couldn't. Like it is still him. In the whites, you know, in the undead, just horde, they couldn't see him. Well, and also, there's this air of they don't make a sound. They don't do, they are just all of a sudden facing the other way, which isn't how things work, you know? Like, it's just, it's very, very ominous and freaky shit. And then when he pulls out of the vision, he's got the fucking blue handprint on his arm. Uh, it's like, what the fuck, what the fuck is that? You know, like, it's just, and I know we don't actually get any answers to these questions and I don't necessarily desire them, but it's just so interesting to be like, this guy is so fucking powerful. What can you even do here? Um, I mean, he shows up, uh, destroys that magic bear. Like, like he just puts his hand on the ground and just is like, boom, it's gone. That's it. Like, like, because I was wondering, I'm like, how does he get past the magic barrier? You know, like, what super do he do? fucking funny. Do we see hordes just run and you just die? Well, shit, or like, he's just no. that was the other fucking thing, too, is that this was probably the most horrendous line in the episode for me, uh, just because it's so explain away shit. Um, mm. where you know, he wakes up, screams, wakes the others, and the three eyed ravens. You know, he's like, the Night King will be here soon. And he's like, but he can't get in now. He can't, right? And he's like, now his mark is upon you. He can. Okay. Um, And then, uh, you know, like, and that's fine. You know, like, so that's one of those examples where it's like, thank hmm. God they don't explain magic most of the time. Yeah. You I know what I'm would, saying? Like, I feel like it was, it was, he has all this magic and stuff, but he just doesn't know where Bran or the Three-Eyed mm-hmm. Raven is. Like, it's literally the only thing he doesn't know, but now he knows the location. Now mm-hmm. he moves, you know? Like, yeah. Because he's, you're right, they're just chilling by that tree. Like, the whole time. He's just chilling there, waiting for something to happen. He's like, oh. And it not- can't, it cannot have been that far away. They're there in, like, I mean, I guess we don't know how much time passes here. It could have been quite a bit. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It could have been hours, but like, you know, in the episode, it's like 10 fucking minutes. Uh, yeah, he's like, but, all uh, right, yeah. upload all yeah. my information to you now, Brand. We got to We got to speed run this shit. Uh, <laughs> so, and this is the other thing that was so fucking funny to me. Um, uh, he's like, all right, it's time for you to become me, Bran. And mm. it's like, Am I? and the Raven says, Ooh. nope. And then that's Dead. it. But, the the hilarious thing, the funniest fucking thing to me is that he's like, you must become me. And then he's like, here's this one vision. I, I do think, I do think I, something clicked for me with this vision though. Cause I've always wondered the same thing. 
maybe there's something more happening in Bran, you know, like there's some, like he's just getting everything else too at the same time. But this shows Bran that he has control. Hodor's mm-hmm. life was completely taken just so Bran could survive this one to become right. a Dread Raven and, and go on. So, like, he, in this one vision, he realizes, like, I can look back at any part of time. I can actually control anything I want, you know, sort mm-hmm. of thing. And, um, but that that is a little weird how, like, in one vision now he's the three-eyed raven did something else you know, like that was that, that i understand that like it shows him just how powerful he is cap- like how much power he's capable of and everything but like it's so funny that he's just like now you must become me and then he takes him into a vision and we're in winterfell yeah. and he's like okay cool yeah all right like, i can do this the, is um, the idea that they can only see the past and affect the future or they know they know all like does he know the future as well because if he knew the future, I don't he believe know. he knows the future. I believe he has his methods to shape it. Well, okay. and that's the other thing is that this Bran, where he's at now, no, he does not know the future. The Bran who exists 50 years from now does know the last 50 years. So, like, that Bran could be doing stuff. You know, like, there's. Yeah, it might it might be a um Dr. Manhattan. It's a very time is a flat circle thing. Yeah, it might be a Dr. Manhattan situation where he knows everything that will happen in his life. Mm-hmm. But as far as if he just wanted to go in Essos and check in on somebody, that's just a war it has to be present time or past. Uh can't go into the future there maybe. Um, future, yeah, like like future, the future stuff, that's own. the toughest part to figure out. It has to be his own future. Um, that I see that I could see that. Um, but yeah, past wise, he can go anywhere. That's anywhere possible. Raven, there. If it's a three eyed raven ability to see your own future, though, you'd think this three eyed raven would see his death coming right here. You know, he like the he knows he died by the Night King or whatever. I don't know, and you'd know that this is t- it is time. Uh, but yeah, there's like the whole things have to happen the way they're gonna happen, and they can't. You know. It's that tenant quote, what's happened, what happens happened. Yeah. yeah. You know, like. That's true. The, also like Dr. Manhattan, he can't affect movement. it. Yeah. This is, I feel like the Night King touching Bran is like the thing that kind of changed everything. Yeah. You know, like if Bran pops out before the Night King touches him, I think they just continue at, like normal. You know, Night King doesn't yeah. know where they oh, are. Oh, yeah, no doubt. There's training, but. This definitely yeah, changed they, shit. This changed the plan big time, but. uh yeah, as Mira and Hodor prepare to leave, they notice the air is cold as their breath is visible and indicating the arrival of the army of the dead. The Night King and three White Walkers start marching toward the cave. Ah, damn. And the children of the forest try their best to use their magic projectiles to fend the walkers off, but are very quickly overwhelmed. Uh, they light a fire around the entrance to prevent the whites, and it does prevent a lot of the whites for a while, but uh, the walkers extinguish the pathway and walk through anywho. Like, yeah, um, they're like, this shit doesn't bother us. We are so all. fucking cold, you wouldn't believe it. Um, yeah, and then, but I love how all the the undead, like, they could just run through it. Like, a few of them would die, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Like, no, and that's what they do. Do you remember in Season 8, during the the battle at Winterfell, whenever they light the whole fucking 
ring and then some of them just lay down and walk over the other dead ones? That's kind of what I thought would happen here. Maybe, I mean, this is Children of the Forest, so granted there could be some some magic spell going on there. Right, right. Um, I mean, they they do get in, so. Yeah, I thought, uh, I mean, it it makes it more badass, though. If it was just an all-out horde, it's so much cooler than just walking in um, just all by themselves. Oh, for sure. I wonder if the Night King was here for brand or if like this was like oh now i know like if he's in the know of the three-eyed raven you know oh like, yeah because he looks at him he's like finally like i get to kill you like I, this is like a big like this is a victory. big victory for the night big, King. big yeah. victory yeah um and but man no i i i love this this whole from the moment that like the breath starts to get cold um whenever they notice their breath is visible and Mira runs out. She's like, "Oh fuck!" From that moment on until I guess hold the door would be my scene. Um, but yeah, right. I just I uh I loved this part. I don't know. I was and I was trying to dissect every little thing. I'm one counting the Hodors. I'm two trying to understand the Night King's magic, understanding Brand's magic, understanding the Children of the Forest magic, <laughs> understanding all you know all this shit at once. Um, yeah, not as many Hodors as we thought. Didn't really cross my mind that he's being warged, you know, and he doesn't talk at all when Bran is warging. Yeah, this, um, uh, mm-hmm. I have mixed feelings about this. Mm. It ultimately just lends itself to being tragic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, it'd be one thing if it was just like, man, Hodor rode for Bran. What a real one. He had no fucking choice in the matter. Bro had to ride for Hodor. Or had to ride for Bran. And there is the question. There's that moment during the flashback where Willis looks directly at Bran. Mm. And is like. Right before he starts seizing. Mm Mm-hmm. So is that the danger of Bran affecting the past? Is that they will become what Hodor became, essentially? Oh. Yeah. I guess, like, if Hodor it needs to be there to save Bran, like, it has to start from some, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's got to start from somewhere. And... Makes sense that it's when he sees him, it's like I shouldn't. You're not real, or I don't like. It's some magic shit that's happening, you know. That's that's my thing is that I feel like people often play this up as like, ah, Hodor always knew what his purpose was, and no, he has no fucking idea. The tragedy is that he was completely forced into it. That like, yeah, I'm, I'm. Like whenever I'm like crying at the end, I'm like one a little bit. Of I it feel like, oh, so fucking bad. Yeah, for, for like, Hodor. Yeah, it's he was kidnapped, it, it, more than kidnapped. Like completely, just his life was taken away, um, from the very like start. And that's yeah, that that's the tragedy of it. Not that he held it down and held the door. You know, like. Who even knows if that's actually Hodor in there holding the door down? Is it Bran? He's still warging, you know? So, like, probably not even Hodor. Hodor doesn't even know he died. Maybe. You know? 
Like, yeah, no, that's the that's the saddest part of this shit, man. Um, is that Hodor has so little say in his fate? Um, and I like to think I think I'm pretty sure Hodor's. Oh wait, his eyes come back immediately after being worked into anyway. Um. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's, they don't just uh, remain milky it's white. A little up at first, but then it comes back. Yeah, of. yeah. Um, so that's my yeah. thing. Is that like, no, I don't think I I don't think it's Hodor holding the door. I do think that's Bran, and that's fucked. You know, um, underrated part of this whole scene, which I completely fucking forgot, is that Mira is the third person to kill a White Walker. Hmm. Yeah. Just. A, a dragon glass spear, right? Just chucks it. Yep. Chucks it right at him. Yeah, that was sick. She's like, oh shit, dope. Um, like, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's the deaths of the episode. White Walker. Summer, which did suck. I, I, like, uh, Dire Wolf Summer. Um, that did suck to see. That was an actual. Summer does ride for Bran. Um, litter and, and did. Summer. R.I.P. Summer, man. The sacrifice play. Three Eyed Raven. Went bye bye, and I, I I was also thinking like uh in the same way Hodor was taken, Mira and Jojen were probably taken, but it wasn't Bran yet. It was the Three Eyed Raven that took them. No, that's absolutely Hodor. what happened to Jojen. Yeah, I guess Mira could. I don't know about Mira. Mira's just going based off the word of her brother. Damn, like this is what her yeah. brother said had to be done. Like, I don't think Mira's life has been determined for her. I think Jojen's was, kind of. Like, he got put on a path. Because I'm pretty sure he even says, like, the Three-Eyed Raven visited me, and he told me I had to come to yeah. you. And, you know, yeah, so... It's, it's the same thing. And, oh, my fucking... I think that might have just clicked. Like, Hodor cannot ward. Cannot do anything at all. So, like, whenever he encounters Bran, seizure. His brain can't understand it. It's just fucking, I'm... I can't do it. Jojen, uh, Jojen can war. So he had a conversation with the Thread Raven, so that's why he he doesn't seize, you know, maybe and like he he can... Yeah, maybe there's like if you warg and visit someone who has the sight as as Jojen called it, um maybe yeah. that's maybe that goes differently. Yeah. Or it could have been maybe. an experience thing. The Thread Raven has been doing this for a lot longer. Maybe he knows how to interact with people correctly. And, and maybe there's also a thing oh, where you know Hold, uh, Willis is hearing Mira yell, hold the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This, so this it's is, like, is there... I think it's... Br- the Three-Eyed Raven did not take Hodor and make him follow oh, Bran no, all the time. No. It was this moment right here of Bran realizing... Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Like, it, it is a, it's fucky, but, like... No, it's still a flat Hodor, circle. This yeah. this comes after the death of the Three-Eyed Raven, and therein, he had no way of really knowing this is what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Hodor, I feel like Bran, like, that. this is why the Three-Eyed Raven is showing him this vision. It is, very like, very important. You have... Everything going on. You are here. You're where your body is. You can still hear, and obviously the Hodor can hear too. Can hear Mira say, you know, hold the door, whatever. But it is this moment that Bran realizes that, like Hodor, 
has to be with me whenever I'm here, so now I have to change the past sort of thing. Like, I have to make Hodor follow me, you know? Like, it's not maybe a purposeful thing, but it's like, just if Hodor's here now saving me, he has to, this has to happen back then or whatever. I don't know, um, sort of thing, and... And maybe that's why it, it fucked up with Hodor. You know, because it's, it's, it's the first time Bran is affecting the future. Um, but then as he gets better and better, he just, it's undetectable sort of thing. Mm. Like, it's, you don't even notice it. Yeah, happening. no, that's a, that's a sound theory. You know, it would be, you know, practice makes perfect sort of thing. This is the very crude first attempt at it, and it just sacrifices poor little Willis. Um, God damn, man. Yeah, that's... But yeah, no, this is one of those endings. I'm, I fucking sobbed at the end of this episode. Um, my favorite line is hold the door as stated uh, by Mira and uh, then by Willis. Um, but I will never, ever, ever forget the way I felt the first time watching this. Like whenever, whenever Willis looks directly at Bran and then just drops and he starts going, hold the door, hold the door. Hold the door, hold the door, hold door, hold door, hold door. I remember being like, oh, what the fuck? You know, just absolutely mind-bending fucked up over it. You know, like absolutely destroying any brain cells I had remaining. Did you watch the director's little cut after the episode? They don't have those on the Blu-ray. Oh. Or not, they don't have them built in. I could access oh, them, man. but I didn't. So, uh, I forgot which of the D&D it was, but one of them, um, said that at this point, uh, they, they don't have George R. R. Martin, so they have meetings with him, and they literally said they are trying to pry out as much information as they possibly can. Um, and this was one bit of information they gave him, was the, the origin of Hodor, his name, mm. um, and how it all came to be. And they said they were just in, like, a bar or something, but they were, like, they had this huge moment themselves just in a bar, not even on the screen, just George R. R. Martin telling them was, like, a mind-blow, like, a crazy moment for them is what they yeah. said. So they are like, we, I mean, it has to be part of the show. Um, is, is there... It's fucking hysterical. That's so fucking funny. Um, just as far as the the prowess of D D themselves just being like whoa i didn't even think of that you know like it's just because they they wouldn't you know that's not a them thing it's a no-brainer that that's not a them thing you know it's good therefore it can't be a them thing you know uh yeah no it's it's it it's incredible like it just they're why? Why have they gotten so much, uh, why were they trusted with this? X-Men Origins Wolverine was one of them, you know? And and then they're like, yeah, give them Game of Thrones. That's just, what the fuck? Well, it's, it's because... Maybe just puppets. Maybe because they are so shit that George R. R. Martin would have to carry, you know, just like actually do the work. It, it, 100%. The thing is, we just talked about this the other day. The sixth book was due in 2015. Eight years ago. Holy shit. Yeah, that is... It was due eight years ago. They thought that was that was like three seasons into the show's run. 
Yeah, they thought it would be done. They thought it'd be done. They thought they were set. They didn't think they'd ever have to do anything beyond adapting it on into television. And frankly, that they were really fucking good at. You know, there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that they did not have that they couldn't involve in the show, and they broke it down to its bare yeah. bones and got it across in a super compelling way. And mm-hmm. for that, you have to give them credit. They were incredibly good at adapting this into television show. Once they had the reins, it became a fucking mess. Um, yeah, it, it's just, I, I can, we're crossing the threshold of halfway through the season, you know, and, and I think you're right of it. Just we're, we're going to notice a little downtrend um, in, in how things are written and stuff like that. But I uh, absolutely hysterical. This is also. By the way, David Benioff had been a, a movie writer. He wrote The 25th Hour, which got directed by Spike Lee, stars Ed Norton. Not sure how good that is, but I've heard I've heard pretty decent things. Also wrote X-Men Origins Wolverine, of course. Uh, D.B. Weiss's first writing credit? Season 1, Episode 1, Winter is Coming. They're puppets. It is. They are put there so that, you know, and, and, and maybe they're writing this. They are the directors. You know, I guess. Um, so, but are, they do write for the show, though, is the thing, right? Like, they are writing, they are the directors and the writers of the show? They hardly direct. Oh, wait, they just write. They yeah. are just the D.B. Weiss directed three episodes of this show. Is that what they are? Like, don't they have a title that's not just a Showrunners? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're. They're like the Dave Filoni of yes, of the John show. Favreau, like Dave Filoni, John Favreau. I got you. Okay. Um, Let's yeah, see. Yeah, uh, yeah. They've each they've each directed three episodes, and they were the same three episodes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's and one of those is the finale. Ah. Ah. Grand. Um. You know, at least. Uh, at least we had a good run, and you know, and even the end, it's not—it's not all bad. It is not all bad. No, like, no, 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 no. It's not. It's not horrendous, but time. like even with the ending, it is still probably the greatest show of all time. Like, yeah, no, it's it. There's not it's much well deserving of that title too. And but, a hard uh, thing to declare, but we do have a total. It, I because there are no more Hodors, right? Like, there's never not another Hodor. Bad, I don't know. You know, because Ned, we do have some Ned appearances, but I, I don't think don't Hodor, think there's any Hodor flashbacks. Okay. Would you? Do you have a guess on how many total in the Ooh. entire show? I have the number. What was um, the? What was the? What did we come down on in this one? What was the? I believe it is thirty-one. Um, there, I subtitles helped a whole lot. There were some where like it's off he's just very scared hodor hodor saying it you know to himself off screen i do mm-hmm. i do count though it has to come from hodor can't come from and anyone it has else to be heard yeah has to be yes has to be coming from him a clear hodor um i got 31 i believe for this episode i'm if anything i lowballed it so i think it's uh it could be a little bit above but i think i, I did count it twice and i got it 31 both times so that was this episode you guessed 35 um, I guessed 44, so you, you definitely won that one for sure. Total-wise, you Google it, it says 60-something, I remember. Ooh, no, bullshit. Don't know who counted 
uh, don't know who they were or what the mm-hmm. fuck math no, they're doing. We've gotten sixty in like two episodes, um, or close to it. So I'm gonna go seventy-five to eighty. Okay, the grand tally: one hundred nine. What? One hundred nine Hodors were said. From season one, episode well, I guess the first one was season one, episode four. Um, but then all the way until this episode, a hundred and nine Hodors were spoken. Um, and yeah, that that is all. I, I remember I did some googling just to like I was planning to double check like my my count and be like, oh, I, I bet someone else has done this, counted every single Hodor. Mm. Um, and then I saw sixty something. I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure about, about this count, but, but yeah, the only, the only count that could be off would be this episode and it'd be off by one or two. Gotcha. So like it is, it is definitely above 100 Hodors for the whole show. That's for sure. Okay. Um, yeah. And that, that man, I'll have to black out these boxes now. We won't need them anymore. <laughs> that is so sad. Yeah. Fuck man, I'm gonna miss Hodor. He was a good dude. Didn't real deserve one. the shit he got. Nope. Poor guy. Literally kidnapped more like uh, time napped. Like I mean like completely kidnapped like Loki type shit, you know, in the TVA. Like just mm-hmm. just not a life good... was taken away from him. Mm-hmm. I wanna see his life on the sacred timeline, what he'd be doing if he was not Hodor. You know, would he just be a stable boy? Was that what he was? He was just a... He'd be a super gay pirate. <laughs> He'd be Euron Greyjoy's husband. Um, <laughs> no, he's in. He's in. Our flag means death. Um, oh, he is, and he yeah, is a gay the actor. Pirate. Is um, oh, and he is oh. extremely funny. Gets a much grander opportunity to perform in that show. Um, Wait, you're telling me he doesn't just have one word that he not can one say word every in, time? No, he's, he's also a DJ. Very, very uh, talented yeah. man. Uh, oh yeah. Let me let me get his name pulled up because I feel bad that I'm not giving him credit. Um Oh yeah, Hodor. Um is he not even on the IMDb front page for this episode? Criminal. Um That is criminal that they don't have Hodor for his episode. Um But he is Kristen Nairn? Nairn. Kristen Nairn. Christian Nairn. Yep. Hell yeah. What a G. An absolute pimp. Um, yeah, Wee John. Plays Wee John in Our Flag Means Death. Uh, very, very funny guy. Um, love him in that. But, uh, yeah, we say goodbye to another real one. A couple of real ones. Yeah, uh, Hodor, Summer, um, Three-Eyed Raven, I guess. I didn't really, really care about him too much. Uh, but Leaf, Leaf was cool. Um, I don't Leaf know. was dope. Yeah, she she does the sacrifice play, which does. I am legend mode. Yep. Nothing. Yeah, um, just a little bit more delay, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. If she didn't blow up there, they closed the door at the last. They buzzer beated that shit. That's they fair. The door that's fair. Very last second. So if Leaf doesn't do that, who knows? Who knows? I think she knew her time was over anyways. All the other children of the forest were gone too, right? Like, Yeah, she was it. Remaining? Yeah, that's just, that's sad. No more children of the forest. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. Leaf, R.I.P. Summer, R.I.P. Hodor. 
an RIP Max von Sydow, both in the show and in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, Man. And a White Walker, but we don't give a fuck uh, about Fuck him. him. So that's, yeah. It was good shit, Mira. Uh, good throw. Uh, we yeah, get, fuck yeah, Mira. Mira makes it through, I'm pretty sure. I don't think she dies. She rocks. All the way? All the way. Damn. Does she, like, get to live her own life eventually, though? Like, or she's not with Bran the whole time, right? No, yeah, I think she gets Bran back to Winterfell. And by then, he's all robot mode. And he's like, thank you. And she's like, really? That's it? You know, like, uh, I've sacrificed my fucking life for you. And all you (laughs) could say is thank you? Uh, you know, that, that whole thing. And I'm pretty sure that might be the last time we see her, but, uh, I don't think she dies. So that's cool. Um, like, I'd like, I don't know her and, and, uh, her in very rare company, Jon Snow, Samuel Tarly and Mira. Does she have a last name? Mira Reed, uh, Mira Reed, Mira Reed, Mira Reed, the three in the show right now that have killed a white Walker. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I don't yep. think I'm forgetting anyone. Nope. Wow. She's third. And I don't think there's another White Walker that's straight up killed until Arya kills the Night King. Yeah, like, holy shit. And that's the thing. The the record, the KD ratio for the war that is happening right now, the Night King, three. Everyone else, like, thousands. Like, like he's only at, he's plus. Like, he's at, only oh. added to his army. He's only lost three. Of the big dogs. Yeah, that's like, true. Does that even fucking matter, really? Are those just his homies, you know? Like, what do they actually do in the wars at all? You know? Like, they're just the more formidable opponents. I feel like they're literally just like a, a Wi-Fi router. Like a, a, like a long-distance repeater. Like, he can chill at the home base, home tree, but he sends one of them out and then an army around them. But you need you need that, like, Wi-Fi extender so at the White mm-hmm. Walker's like the the consciousness extender, uh, where he right. can just hold back and whatever. I don't. Does he control them or are they? Do they have their own? I'm pretty mind? sure they're of their own mind. They are just normal babies. Um, most of them probably. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure they're just dudes who are this type of guy. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. So found a new type of guy. He's blue and scary. Um, It'll be interesting to see if if the next White Walker that dies is the Night King. I'm pretty think... sure. Like I don't think any White Walkers die when they do the Suicide Squad mission north of the Wall. Um, and that I think would be the only time before the end of the show that we're at the Battle of Winterfell. They gain a dragon, so like they yeah they really only gain their army. They never lose anything. Yeah. No, that's that's like it, but. Uh, yeah, man, another fucking goodie, another great one in the books. How are we feeling, rating wise? I don't. This one did had a different feel to it. Kind of the whole episode. I was I think we might got a surefire ten for this me. This one was was pretty sick. Yeah, I mean every scene that we checked in on, it was it was awesome. Arya was perfect. Finally, a little bit more substance to her story um, mm. there, and that that scene was awesome. The Sansa fine, like she's really coming into her own now, mm-hmm. uh, performing her ass. D- Daenerys, I mean that, like she got the performance on. I think she performed better than Sophie Turner did with less time. Like that was one scene that she was in with just Jorah and Dario, and that was it, right? Like that's yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think 
this one this one's there. It has the Hodor moment as well. Um I yeah, I don't think I don't think there's any more justification we need to give a ten. Wow, oh, it's, yeah. it's got a cool it's, horror moment and the vision with Bran home. and stuff. Like that was dope. Wow. Um and I think critically thing. it lends itself to being a great episode. I think, you know, I said a lot of stuff where this sort of leads, and mm-hmm. that's not this episode's fault. Um, no. For the episode, man, uh, I, I don't know. They were, they were kind of, kind of spitting a lot, a lot of similar, I guess, ish themes with a new person that has never taken the title before sort right. of thing seems to be the, the theme of this episode. Yeah, Brand becoming the Three Eyed Raven and, Mm-hmm. Aria, in the northish thing. Woman, we got Khaleesi, the mother of dragons, the unburnt, the breaker of chains, and now Khaleesi. She already was Khaleesi. I don't know. I feel like she deserves like this is another name that she should earn right here. Like the uh, the first the great Khaleesi. Ooh, because it's the great call. You know, like I like that the great Khaleesi. I do like that. Um, yeah, I'm thinking nine five. Yeah, that would be that'd be the highest of the season. We've given a nine two five. That was for episode two, home. Um, I think we're there. This this one felt good. It just yeah. felt very very good all around. Um, so yeah, okay. If we do give it that, I think yeah nine six seven would be the math there. Ninety seven percent basically. It's one of the um, best episodes ever. Yeah, let's see. Uh, that is Hard Home is a nine eight three. That's one that's above it. Nothing else in season five is above it. Uh, five. Yep. Nope. Um, Watchers on the Wall at the penultimate of season four is a nine eight three as well. Uh, that is above it. So two. And it appears the finale of season four, the children and... tied this one. Ah, I didn't see that. Okay. So two above, one tie, and a nine eight three reigns of Castamir. Um, there, there will be a third above it, and nine six. And seven, now his watch has ended. Tied it. Mm-hmm. Another tie. So a a three way tie, and any in season two. Yeah. Oh, a couple. Uh, the penultimate Blackwater nine seven five. Um, it would not if we took away the genre rating. Ah, okay, that is true. I forget going back into season two, all of that does change things. Should we just axe them completely and just yes. finish it? Okay. Um, I'm kind of surprised there, we haven't. Because not all of them are tens. Like, there are some eights and nines. And uh, Yeah, I think that just skews the rating in a weird way. It's We need even footing, you know? And I shall do that. But, um, yeah, the, uh, another another tip-top episode for the series that's for sure um man got one what a fucking goodie and thus we conclude another episode of winter is blooming we will be back next week with season six episode six and i'm very very excited to keep the ball rolling here we also continue our director's spotlight this wednesday for michael mann i believe this week is heat believe I am correct in saying that. This week is Heat, starring Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. And I'm very, very excited for that. And we continue our comic book movie journey through film this Friday with Jonah, Jonah Hex. Hex. 
yeah, would be. That's a first watch for me. Same I have here, no so. idea even what power set this dude has. Um, I, yeah, I've only seen the character in the show Legends of Tomorrow, so it'll be interesting here. Um, never seen this movie, so got that on Friday. Hey, DC, we're gonna hit them. Uh, yeah, it's only we fair. gotta hit them all. We gotta um, hit them. Yep, but uh, yeah, with that. We will conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. If you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, all sorts of book reviews, comic book reviews, movie reviews, and the like. For $3 a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at pennybloompod, follow on letterboxd at pennybloompod, follow on Instagram at pennybloompodcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review and to continue downloading. It is a huge help, and we love it very, very much. Um, hmm, I think that's uh, I think that's it. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And Hodor.